Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. As we are based here in the UK, all times are in BST. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week from the 29th of May to the 4th of June. I'm Ezzie Pearson, the magazine's features editor, and I'm joined on the podcast today by Paul Money, our reviews editor. Hello, Paul. Hello, Ezzie. I'm looking forward to another week. There's quite a few things happening this week, you know. Oh, really? Well, why don't you crack on and tell us exactly what we've got to look forward to this week? Well, we're normally shouting out about the planets in the evening sky, which are Venus and Mars, and we will come to them in a moment. And uh, we ended last week's session with looking at Saturn, Neptune and Jupiter just emerging as well. But Jupiter isn't alone emerging into the morning twilight. Now, this is a very, it's not an easy apparition, but Mercury creeps up above the horizon for this week. It's not well placed. It's in very bright twilight and it's to the far left of Jupiter. But it is at greatest westerly elongation on the 29th of May. 25 degrees, but it's a very poor one because it's the angle of the ecliptic you see, Ezzy. And if it's shallow, then it doesn't rise very high above the horizon. If it's very steep, it gets a chance to climb higher into the sky before dropping back, usually giving us four to five weeks. We don't get that this time. You'd be lucky if you get it for a week, if that. So you do need an absolutely clear east-northeastern horizon, uncluttered, nothing in the way. So go to high ground. But you do need to be looking about half an hour before sunrise. And with the sky getting bright, it will be a challenge. But we like challenges, don't we? And don't forget, Jupiter is to the upper right of Mercury. So find Jupiter first, and that gives you a guide, and go down at an angle of about 20 to 30 degrees to the left, and you might pick up this elusive little planet. So, well, I always think it's worth trying. You know, you always always try to see these things. I have a very poor horizon, so unfortunately, mm. my morning sky is absolutely rubbish and such. Mind you, my evening sky isn't that good either, which is why I usually have a little site just a couple of miles away I can pop to if I really, really want to see these. So, uh, But that's what you have to take into account. So the horizon does need to be pretty uncluttered. Now, I've mentioned the evening sky and Venus and Mars, and yes, they are still there. They're do- <laughs> they've been there months. They've been hanging around, you know, teasing us. That's the trouble. The thing about this, Venus is trying to get closer to Mars, and it won't actually ever succeed this particular apparition. So May the 30th, now we're back to the evening sky. We've got Venus and Mars, and Venus is edging closer to Mars, but won't actually reach it. But on the 30th, Venus is close to Kappa Geminorum. Now, Kappa Geminorum is magnitude 3.5. That's plus 3.5. You won't confuse it with Venus, which is minus 4.3. Now, Venus is steadily moving during the week, and it forms a line with Pollux and Castor, the two primary stars of Gemini, on June the 2nd. So it will make a lineup later this week. Now, on May the 30th, Mars is also at aphelion. This is the furthest point of Mars from the Sun. That happens on the 30th, but it is closing gradually on the Beehive Cluster. And on June the 2nd, it actually lies nestled within the cluster. And that'll make a brilliant, A, visually, 
it'll look great mm. through a telescope. And B, this is a photographic opportunity. You've got to get out there and get those photographs taken, send them into the galleries. I'm sure we'll hopefully put them up. So, uh, you know, absolutely fantastic. So this is one of those times where you've got, I say, Venus in the evening sky, but you've got Mars nestled within an open cluster, the beehive cluster. So you can almost imagine the bees swarming around, <laughs> the angry bees swarming around angry Mars. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> It's not often that we highlight a planet when it's at aphelion, because usually it's like perihelion, that's when it's closest, that's when it's brightest. But aphelion, it's, you know, it's the other side of the solar system, why are we paying attention to that? But Mars, you can still see it. It is still close enough that it's quite bright in the night sky. Um, and it is it is naked eye visible. So, yeah, I think this will definitely be a treat to, to take a look at. And yes, definitely, if you do get those photos, send them in to us over at skyatnightmagazine.com. We always like to see them. Exactly, sort of thing. I mean, this is a, this is a, an opportunity to grab it. It's not often the lineup occurs where the actual planet does go through a cluster. So uh, mm. often, like we had Venus, not the other month sort of thing, actually passed next to, but didn't pass through the Pleiades. So yeah, to have, have a planet go through a cluster is quite, so, and a bright cluster as well. I was thinking, I don't, I don't think I've seen a picture. I mean, I must have seen a picture of it at some point, but it's, it's not a common one. So yeah, it, it, it's not something that we, we've seen a lot of. So definitely be interested to see more of them. So let's hope we have clear skies. <laughs> That's always our, that is always the, bane the way. Of the life, isn't it? Yeah. Bane Hopefully, someone life. somewhere in the world will have clear skies at some point. Now, sticking with the evening sky, we go from May the 29th to the 31st at this stage for the moon, because as usual, the moon does dominate and often features. It's one of the main things that features in the podcast. But on on the 29th, it's next to a star called Zania. Um, which is Eta Virginis. Uh, we also have it left of Porimer on the 30th, sort of thing. And then on the 31st, it's to the left of Spica. Now, Spica is bright and the moon will dominate it right next to it, sort of thing. And I always find this is, this is the beauty about it. Again, the moon's guiding you to this star, but this star is actually there all the time. It is easily naked eye and it's the mm -hmm. main star of Virgo the Virgin. Now, the rest of the week, it actually travels through Scorpius and then into um, sort of like Sagittarius for next week. June the 3rd, the almost full moon, and I'm literally talking about only a few hours before full moon. Full moon technically occurs in the early hours of June the 4th. Well, on the evening of the 3rd, about I've got it down as just about half past 10, you can see the virtually full moon right next to the bright red star Antares. And that's at the heart of Scorpio, the scorpion. And I just love those sort of just juxtapositions of this bright planet, this bright, well, bright star and the bright moon as well. Look over towards the southeast, again, uncluttered horizon. You'd have to wait just a few hours. Technically, the moon on the 4th sets before it reaches technical full. But that's mm. one of those circumstances sort of thing. If you're in the middle of the Atlantic, you'd see the full moon uh, at the point of full moon just before it sets. But unfortunately, where we are, it will have just set before it. So I like to think it's virtually a full moon, isn't it, on the late night of the of the third? Yeah, it's close enough. It's, it's, it's close enough that you wouldn't be able to tell the difference unless you're really looking. Yeah, unless you've got a big telescope and you're looking at it, you, you'd really struggle to see the difference. I always mm. think a few days, a day or so either side of full, it's really hard to tell the phase, whether it's full or whether there's a slight, you know, bit of shadow there. 
you can usually tell, but that there is quite often is, is it slightly awful or is there a smudge on my glasses kind <laughs> yeah. of thing? More likely to be on my glasses, actually. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But meanwhile, on the 4th itself, we've still got Venus in the evening sky. And I only mention it because it's actually at greatest eastern elongation. This is 45 degrees elongation away from the sun. So it's the furthest it can get at this stage away from the sun. After this, technically, Venus will start to draw back in towards the sun. You wouldn't really think it for the next few weeks at all, but it will take place. And its phase is now technically less than half phase, 50%. But it's always a bit smudgy sort of thing. It's very difficult to judge visually the exact point of the 50%. So it'd be interesting to see if you'd actually see that, sort of whether you can notice whether it's actually 50% or not using a telescope. I always find it fascinating that the fact that Mercury and Venus are the only planets that can really show a very distinct phase, as in a half phase. Whereas Mars, you can get it gibbous, but... Jupiter and the rest of planets near enough almost always look full. I know technically they aren't, but you need a lot mm. of um, magnification to really bring that out. Yeah. So there we are then, the sort of thing, quite an exciting week. And we, we near enough started nearly with Venus and Mars, but, you know, we, we ended up because they dominate at the moment. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll have to look forward to next week. Yes. Absolutely. Sounds like there's a fascinating week coming up for us. And if you want to hear more about that week that we've got coming up, do be sure to subscribe to the Star Diary podcast to make sure that you never miss another episode. But thank you for going through that week with us, Paul. So in summary, we start the week with Venus and Mars. On the 30th, Venus will be approaching Kappa Geminorum before making a line with Castor and Pollux in Gemini on the 2nd of June. Meanwhile, Mars is going to be reaching Aphelion on the 30th of May, where it will be near the Beehive Cluster M44. However, on the 2nd of June, it will be slap bang in the middle of the Beehive Cluster, so a great photo opportunity there on the 2nd of June. On the 29th and 31st of May, the Moon will be moving along the bottom of Virgo, past the stars Eta Virginis, Porima and Speaker. Then on the 3rd of June, an almost full Moon will be appearing near Antares in Scorpius. And finally, on the 4th of June, Venus will reach its greatest elongation in the evening sky. So lots of things to look forward to in the night sky, and we hope to all see you here next week. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky throughout the month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets, or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes, or neither, our sky guide has got you covered with the detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify. 